Lecture topic. Great destroyers. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah wa kafa wa salatu wa salamu ala ibadihi al-ladheen as-tafa. Amma ba'du fa'audhu billahi minash shaytanir rajeem. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu attaqullaha haqqa tuqatihi wa la tamutunna illa wa antum muslimoon Wa qala al-nabiyyu sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Man ahabba an yubsata lahu fi rizqihi wa yunsa'a lahu fi atharihi falyasil rahimah Aw kama qala al-nabiyyu sallallahu alayhi wa sallam most respected Allah, my Ikram, brothers and elders. It is always a very important aspect to keep refreshing our niyat, our intention. Often the intention is correct, but not in mind. One is to have the correct intention, and together with having the correct intention, to be conscious of it as well. And to the extent that the person is conscious of the intention that he has made, then inshallah he'll benefit accordingly. <coughs> niyat, niyat is some nawat. In Arabic nawat means a seed. The kind of seed that a person has planted, that's the kind of tree that grows. The seed is of very good quality, you get a very very good quality tree coming out of it. And then the fruit that comes on such a tree also is of a very high quality. Sometimes that fruit is export quality. But it came from that seed. The fruit came off the tree, but the essence of it was the seed. So the seed, the niyat, the kind of niyat the person makes, that is the type of benefit that he will derive out of anything. So a person is engaging in any amal he is in a dini discussion he is participating in the talim after the isha salah in his masjid he is participating in the talim in his home he is reading some dini literature he is listening to some talk whether it might be on a cd or something or whether he is in the masjid but depending on what kind of niyat he makes, that is what will be derived out of it. So the niyat that we have to keep refreshing, one is obviously that every amal has to be for Allah Ta'ala alone. No ulterior motive and purpose in anything. And together with that, that it must become a means of our islah. A means of gaining the muhabbat of Allah Ta'ala. Then to the extent of a person's niyat, that is the extent that inshallah he will see the effect of it. Allah Ta'ala bless me also, bless all of us with that correct intention and the depth of the intention. One is an intention is correct, but just a very very surface level intention. Surface level intention, which is correct, that I'll get sawab. So Alhamdulillah, that's also a very great thing. And we need every, every bit of sawab that we can get. We are desperately in need of every <coughs> deed that we can perform for that reward. 
but there's so much more to take. The sawab a person could have gained in many different ways. Person sitting in his home and reciting Quran Sharif also will definitely get great rewards. Somebody making zikr in his home will also get great reward. So everything has something deeper also and more to take. The reward is definitely there, but something more to take. Sometimes when some something becomes part of the routine, so it just becomes sometimes a routine. That this day of the week, this is what happens, and that day of the week, that is where I go, and this is the time at home, this is what we do. So, Alhamdulillah, that benefit will be there, but over time it becomes a routine. And when something just becomes a routine, and the objective goes away from the mind, then it becomes a, sometimes just a surface thing, and that's when things happen repeatedly, but the benefit is minimal, because the objective a person gets oblivious of that, he is no more conscious of the objective. When the objective is not in mind, then what's supposed to be achieved is not achieved. But the objective is in mind that I need to take something. I need to correct myself. I need to see where to improve, what to inculcate in my life, what to clear out of my system. So then everything will seem like this is purely for me. Whereas, something is mentioned on a very general note sometimes, but that's the, the barkat of the niyat of the person. That everything appears to be purely for me. Because of the talab, because of that thirst, that I need to acquire something, I need to benefit something, I need to take something. And it is on the barkat of that talab, that Allah Ta'ala makes certain things being said, certain things... Allah Ta'ala makes it get discussed, whereas that sometimes is never in the mind also. So all this is based on that talab, is based on that niyat. What is the extent of that niyat? So in every amal, this is something to, to keep training ourselves, to keep refreshing that niyat. Niyat in fact is Sayyidul A'mal. It is the very root of all the A'mal and the greatest of the A'mal. Because it is after all from the seed that the tree will come out. If the seed is decayed, so what good is going to come out of it? Therefore in the Hadith Sharif, Rasulullah says that Niyatul Mu'mini Khayrum Min Amalihi The Niyat of a Mu'min is even better than his Amal. Because to start off with that Niyat is deep down in his heart. Only he knows and Allah Ta'ala knows what Niyat he made. Nobody else knows. So now that niyat, if it was sincere, it's in his heart, there can't even be any riya in that. He can't even, there isn't any chance of any riya in that niyat. If that niyat was sincere, it's sincere, it's in his heart. And some external amal might start off sometimes sincerely, and Allah forbid something in between comes and derails it. But that niyat is niyat, it's in the heart. So already there's such a great thing that has happened, he is made a niyat of some good, some righteousness. Like in the Hadith Sharif, Nabi Islam says, Man hamma bi hasanatin, falam ya'malha, katabaha Allahu indahu hasanatan kamilatan. Person has intended some righteousness, some good, 
he didn't yet even act upon it because perhaps that opportunity still didn't come he made the genuine sincere intention of doing some good act but now that time will still come for him might be a little while later but he already got a record in, it's already recorded in his book of deeds as a perfect amal as a perfect good deed hasanatan kamilatan on what? on the niyat so now this is how important that niyat is so that niyat we have to train ourselves to make that niyat refresh it and keep rectifying it and accordingly then a person will see tremendous change in so many simple things so in any case we should be rectifying this checking ourselves what is our niyat and make this niyat that every time we are in some dini gathering as explained just now even we participating in the talim we are reading some dini literature listening to some talk it might be while we are driving we are listening to something it mustn't just be for well we are doing nothing so it will just help us to pass the time and it might take the the difficulty of the journey away that now the mind will be occupied in this then we have lost out a great deal so much could have been achieved but it just got lost because of the niyat being very very superficial so in any case to discuss one hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in one hadith Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says salasun muhlikat wa salasun munjiyat Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was the most compassionate he was rahmatul lil alameen Allah Ta'ala is Arhamur Rahimeen the most merciful and Rasulullah Sallallahu Allah Ta'ala made him Rahmatul Lil Alameen a mercy unto the universe so his compassion, his kindness, his mercy for the Ummah this kept him restless for the benefit of the Ummah and at every occasion he kept on guiding and advising to save the ummah from any harm and take them onto the path of good on the path of benefit on the path of their salvation in dunya and akhirat so from time to time Rasulullah gave advice and highlighted things that will benefit us highlighted things that will be destructive to us any person who is who's got some clear objective he wants to do what is going to be most profitable He's starting off a business. He wants to do what will earn the maximum profit. At the same time, he's taking tremendous care to make sure that the losses are not incurred. Get safe from any destruction. He's putting all kinds of things in place, whether it is the security features, whether it is whatever else to protect the stock and protect anything else. All this so that there mustn't be losses also. So the profits he wants maximizing, maximize the profits. And he wants to save the losses. But all the profits a person can maximize for dunya. And whatever losses he manages to save, but how long? This doesn't mean that one should not protect whatever Allah has blessed him with. Look after the things Allah has given him. That's also a requirement. But eventually there's going to be a parting from this. Nobody is going to be with it forever. We're going to leave it and go. It's going to go before us. But yet we are very concerned and we make so much of effort 
to earn the maximum and to save the losses. Who could have wanted more than this for his ummah than Rasulullah for the permanent good? The prophets that will never terminate and from the eternal loss Rasulullah had this all the time, this concern in front of him how to save the ummah from this eternal loss and how to take them to this eternal good and benefit so on many occasions Nabi Islam highlighted what's going to benefit us and also highlighted what's going to be harmful so in this particular hadith sharif Nabi Islam highlights it in threes Salasun Muhlikat and Salasun Munjiyat three things are destruction complete destruction they are destructive in a very very extreme level and three things will give salvation the things that save a person now the first the, the, the sequence also everything that has come in the Quran Sharif has come from the Mubarak tongue of Rasulullah nothing is just by the way just happened in random everything has a lesson for us in it this sequence also that first those aspects are mentioned which are destructive and then the three are mentioned which are means of safety what this teaches us is that the first priority should be to protect oneself to protect oneself from harm and then together with that a person should try to do that which will benefit him but if he's doing what's going to benefit him but he's not taking care of what's going to harm him that benefit and everything will go so this is the priority so on a general note one is mashallah a person is engaging in many amal there's obviously the farais, the wajibat that is Obviously he has to perform it, but over and above that, he's making a lot of till out of the Quran Sharif, Nafil Salah, etc. Excellent. But then he's not taking care to avoid sin. So now eventually what will happen? All that will get lost. Like we've repeatedly discussed, a person, mashallah, is making his tilawat, his zikr, his dua, has so much of ibadat. But then, his mu'amalat are not in order, his dealings with people are not in order, his mu'asharat is not in place, his social life, how he deals with the people around him, how he treats his parents, how he treats his children, how the spouses treat one another, and how we live with others around us, and our akhlaq, what kind of akhlaq we have, do we have that tolerance, do we have that sabr and patience, oh it's the opposite, we are just venting on anyone and everyone and then the vulgarities that come so now what's going to be the total end result of it when a person is into some business every now and then he's doing the debits and credits so see after the debits and credits what's left because it's what's left that's going to be of significance not how much I did that I made so much of profit you know we the sales were so high and last year the sales were only so much this year the sales were three times more very good mashallah sales were three times more how much profit you made we didn't even make quarter of last year's profit so what was the use of so much of sales 
But you didn't even finish off with quarter, you in fact finished off in a loss, then what was the use of anything? So it's not merely what was uh, generated, it's what got left. And what got left, then a lot of things are going to get minus. How a person spoke, it will minus many things. And therefore so much of emphasis, Say to my servants, they must speak that. What is the word hasan? Hasan means good. Allah Ta'ala says not good. Say to my servants, They will say that, speak that which is the best. Allah is good. Beyond good. That should be their norm. That should be the standard. That they must speak that which is the best. Ahsan. Ismet of zeal. Now, what a person speaks, it might end up minusing a lot of things. So now maybe one khatam of the Quran Sharif got minus Allah forbid because of some things that got blurted out. Some ghibat the person made. Swore at somebody. Khatam went away. And if that khatam wasn't there already, Allah forbid, what else would be the consequences? So like that, so many things. So, this is being highlighted, that mashallah, a person is doing good, but the priority, save oneself from the harm. So missing out any farz, that too is a severe harm. So save ourselves from the harm. So now the five farz salah, don't ever miss anything. Like that, the zakat, fasting, hajj, and then together with all the faraiz, wajibat, the priority is staying away from haram. So here Rasulullah says, Thalasun muhlikat. Three things are destructive. What are these three things? The first thing that is mentioned is, Shuhun muta'un. Shuh means miserliness. And muta' that miserliness which was obeyed. So one is that the time has come to now spend something and the heart is cringing, whatever the issue might be, but the heart is holding back, I don't want to do this. But a person doesn't sub submit to that, he doesn't succumb to that. If it's something that he has to do, he goes ahead and does it. If that takes a little extra mujahada, so what? Doesn't matter if the heart pains on it, very good. And that is one of the ways in which this generosity gets inculcated. That sometimes the heart is attached to something, but that's what he spends out of. One is on the first level, the zakat that is now due, and now something is coming in the way. No, no, not now, later. He puts all that aside, and he discharges that zakat. He doesn't succumb to that miserliness of which is making him try to hold back. But then what he has that attachment to, he's spending out of that, out of it, for the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala. When the ayat of the Quran Sharif was revealed, لَن تَنَالُوا الْبِرَّ حَتَّى تُنْفِقُوا مِمَّا تُحِبُّونَ You can never attain any distinguished level of piety until you spend out of that which you love. Now this is a very, very broad meaning in it is not only confined to material things it's beyond that what is material things also when this ayat of the Quran Sharif was revealed one sahabi 
Dahdar he had one orchard and this was something he was very very attached to his family was there as well he said this ayat came down I have to practice on this this was the zeal of the Sahaba Ikram they heard something immediately I need to practice on it so now sometimes it is simple things which can be easily practiced but we always say later or some other time I'll do this also as soon as it gets delayed the procrastination that is the one of the tricks of shaitan makes a person procrastinate so that it never happens sometimes there's some simple thing any dini gathering we should try to look for at least one thing to immediately put into action at least one thing to make part of our life it might be sometimes 50 things sometimes 100 things that came past but at least one thing must become part of my life from now we hear things so many times but sometimes we are hearing it for the 50th time but if we reflect have I even made the intention genuine sincere resolution that now this must become part of my life so it comes back to the same discussion that we started off with the niyat sometimes a thought comes but the thought doesn't get converted into a niyat into an intention into a resolution so as a result that doesn't become an amal so the first thing that Nabi Sallallahu mentioned here was the shuhun muta'un this miserliness which is obeyed so now one is a person feels miserly now the sahabi heard this so I need to practice on this he comes to Rasulullah Sallallahu and he says the oh, Nabi of Allah I have given this to Allah Ta'ala this is very close to my heart but since this is close to my heart I have now given this away to Allah Ta'ala meaning now it's in sadaqah whatever you deem appropriate you may now dispense with it then he comes and he stands outside the for, uh, orchard and he calls out to his family that they are still inside he says ya ummad dahda calls out to his wife you must leave from here now he's not even going inside he says, I already gave this to Allah Ta'ala I can't take any benefit out of this now he calls out to her he says please we need to leave here now we have given this away to Allah Ta'ala instant amal we heard something now we have to practice on it so this is one aspect that sometimes becomes a barrier in a person's life but it becomes very destructive for example a person withheld the zakat that was first now so that zakat got now mixed up with his wealth he was supposed to have discharged it he never discharged it the hadith sharif it comes that that zakat which was not discharged that wealth will become a serpent on the day of Qiyamah and it will then torture him and it will then say to him Ana kanzuk, Ana maluk, I am your treasure I am that wealth which you were so desirous of and you were hoarding I am that very same wealth I have been transformed into the serpent so now that became such a big problem so destructive muhlik that is destroying his akhirat and besides that, that zakat that was not discharged as a result of it, it becomes a source of destruction for that what a person possesses it doesn't mean that if anything happens, then somebody is not fulfilling that zakat sometimes it comes as a test sometimes it is some other thing and sometimes it is this that the zakat was not discharged correctly there was some haphazard 
calculation and as a result it was underpaid. So that becomes a problem. So the zakat, correct discharging of the zakat, then sometimes there are rights of people. But now you're holding back, you're not giving the rights. That is a miserliness which is being obeyed. The heart is saying, no, no, don't give it now, leave it. Whereas in the Hadith Sharif, Nabi Islam says, Matalul Ghani Ye Zulmun. If a person is owing something and he has the ability to pay it now, but now he is doing all other things and spending it here, there, and everywhere, then that becomes Zulm. If the due date has arrived and now he's keeping the person waiting after the due date, what is now is not in his capacity, that's a different matter. But now the due date has arrived and he is now still dragging it just for some other trivial thing that becomes oppression. And oppression is very destructive. A zulmu zulumatun yawmal qiyamah One is on the day of qiyamah that is obviously the most severest part of it that will become a severe darkness for the person. And in darkness he is going to fall to his destruction. And even in dunya it becomes a means of great difficulties and problems in different ways. So now the shuhun muta'un. Then apart from that, sometimes the person is, he's being miserly in the sense that who he's supposed to be taking care of, giving some help to somebody that is an obligation upon him in some way, or the responsibility, now he's shirking that. Why he's shirking it? Because he wants to spend the time in some other things. He's supposed to be giving some time to his family to take care of their dini tarbiyat, to take care of their necessities too. But now he is more interested in spending time for his own leisure and pleasure. Now that's a kind of miserliness which is being obeyed. So now this becomes a great problem. becomes a major destruction. Shahun muta'un. Then the beast person says, Wahawan muttaba'un. They're also very closely linked. Wahawan muttaba'un, those desires that are followed. Desires, one is a desire of something that is permissible. But the permissible things also, when a person just follows any desire, for example, person now wants to buy something. Why he wants to buy it? Just because he desired it. So now he buys one thing because he desired it. But if he bought it purely on desire, he is not going to be satisfied with it. It's just going to be a very, very, like that soda water on the tongue, that joe should be out in no time. That gas will all just fizzle out in no time. Because he bought it purely out of desire. So now that satisfaction he wanted out of it, it fizzled out with that gas. So now what? So now the desire doesn't finish, now something else, and then something else, and then something else, and then where it finishes off? So it never finishes off. What finishes off is then the sand of the grave finishes it off. So this is where it is even permissible, but that too has to be moderated. If it is not moderated, then there won't be any end to it. One is a level of necessity, then is a level of some comfort, and then there is a level of some extent of adornment. So even that too is within certain permissible limits. But then there is a limit to that also. That too is not limitless. 
Now a person one is he had his needs over and above the needs he could afford some comforts no problem so he went on to a level of some comfort and then beyond the comfort some adornment of some sort because he feels a little bit more happy about it but there has to be a roof somewhere because if he says the sky is the limit then that sky is beyond his limit he'll never reach that limit and what happens in the end that becomes the purpose of life person just keeps going in the same chakra all the time there's no end to it and the real things of life all get left aside so one is that even permissible desires need to be moderated and as far as the haram desires then there's no question about falling behind the haram desires that is clearly destructive even this is a major problem a person now keeps chasing behind those desires now suddenly he can't afford it he can't afford it, life becomes difficult to live because he made himself so accustomed to it and he's become so dependent on it that if that doesn't, is not available anymore, he can't live his life and as far as the haram desires person is chasing after that haram so what doubt can there be in the destruction that that will bring that brings destruction in dunya destruction in akhirat it brings destruction to a person's deen, to a person's dunya, to his personal self, to his family life. It brings destruction to so many, in so many different ways. But shaitan keeps us deceived and says, no, no, no worry, everything will come right, carry on. Says, you can't get too serious about life. And if somebody now starts reminding us, say, oh, you've become very pious. Subhanallah, when somebody reminds us to do good, then now we stop the person. You gone very pious. So the question is, are we not all supposed to be trying to become very pious? Is becoming very pious a wrong? Because that tone, the tone when somebody is told, you becoming very pious, that tone is the tone of some kind of reprimand. So it's as if the person did something wrong. Subhanallah, this is something Rasulullah Sallallahu foretold. That what will become the condition of the Ummah when Izara Aitumul Ma'rufa Munkara wal Munkara Ma'rufa? What will become the case at that time when the good will be seen as a wrong? And the wrong will be seen as something good. In other words, then what is left for the destruction of the Ummah? When a person will be indulging in something wrong and he'll have some way of justifying it. He'll have various ways of now giving some justification to it. So what this tantamounts to? That the wrong is good. In his eyes it's good because he's got justification for it. And the good, somebody is becoming pious so that became a wrong. You want too pious. So shuhun muta'un. Desires that are obeyed. And this is something that just leads a person to destruction. The desire for something. I must have this. I can't do without this. Whether it is a desire for some material thing, the desire for entertainment of some sort or the other, or the desire for that entertainment of whichever form it might take, that becomes overwhelming. And taking that out of a person, removing that, separating it from him, that is like taking his soul away then a person just trips into one thing and the other 
doesn't matter what, what destruction he's taking himself to. Can we imagine what the Sunnah Sahma already foretold for us? Salasun Muhlikat. These are things that destroy. So Shahun Muta'un wa Hawan Muttaba'un. And desires that are followed. Now there's so much in this, so much of detail that can be expanded on. But this much is just sufficient for us to think over that we have to curb the desires. Haram desires that we have to cut out completely. That desire of haram is a stepping stone to utter destruction. Allah Ta'ala says the one who fears standing in front of Allah Ta'ala and out of that fear he restrains his nafs from its haram desires. And for him the abode is Jannat. That's what we need to, that's what we aspire for. So, Wahawan Muttaba'un. And then, the third thing Rasulullah Sallallahu mentions, Wa'i'jabul mar'i bi nafsihi. Third destructive element in a person is I'jab. A person thinking good about himself, thinking great about himself. I'm somebody. I'm something. I should be given certain level of respect. I should be given due regard and the person regards within himself regards himself as good as somebody that is a starting point of a person's destruction a person should never ever regard himself as good but he should try his utmost to become very good one person had mentioned something to Muhammad of whatever his situation might be. So I explained to him or advised him that you walk around with a tasbih in your hand. You make sure you keep the tasbih in your hand. Now obviously you walking around, everybody will see the tasbih in your hand. So now that was advised to him for whatever his situation was that you do this. So he replied and said, but people start thinking I am very pious. So I replied to him and said, but you want people to think of you that you are a very big sinner. That they see you, they must say there's a big sinner walking past. Is that what, how you want people to look at you? He then explained that people should look at you, then you should be looked at as a person who's a good person. But you don't ever regard yourself as a good person. People should regard you as pious, that's up to them. But you don't ever regard yourself as pious. The issue is what you do, what you think of yourself. You should be convinced within yourself that I am the lowest of every Muslim. Because I don't know what's my end result and what's their end result. So on what basis can I elevate myself above anybody else? That is foolish that now I'm still the race is on, somebody is already claiming victory. Victory is only known at the finishing line. Hasn't reached the finishing line and is claiming victory, this is my trip just now. He won't make it to the finishing line. So by already regarding himself as great, as good, he's already putting himself at risk of tripping. So this is the path of saving oneself from tremendous destruction. These are three things that have been highlighted on this occasion. On other occasions there were other aspects that were highlighted as well. But on this particular occasion, these three things that Rasulullah highlighted, that these are things that are extremely destructive. And a person who does not take care, Allah forbid, 
that despite many other good things, despite many other righteousness in his life, good uh, engagement in a lot of good work, but if these things are not corrected, not rectified, the person that miserliness within has taken control and where it is necessary to now spend on his family for their needs, on the poor and needy, rather he is just spending on just making his own, trying to create his jannat in dunya. And the more destructive thing than that is this, the desires that become followed, the desires become the imam of a person. Now the desires become the person's imam, then what's going to be the end result? So that is an extremely destructive aspect. And the third aspect that was mentioned, Ajabul Mar Ibn Nafsihi, a person thinking good of himself, this too is extremely destructive. There are other aspects mentioned in this Hadith Sharif as well, inshallah. Allah Ta'ala gives tawfiq in the coming uh, time, coming gatherings, we'll try to discuss that as well. Allah Ta'ala give us the tawfiq of saving ourselves from all these issues and everything that will become a source of difficulty and hardship for us in dunya and akhirat. Allah Ta'ala enable us to do that which will earn His pleasure and take us closer to Him at all times. وآخر دعوانا عن الحمد لله رب العالمين Subhanallah <laughs> Nine, <laughs> 
دل میرا ہو جائے ایک میدان ہوں تو ہی تو ہو تو ہی تو ہو تو ہی تو غیر سے بالکل ہی اٹھ جائے نظر تو ہی تو آئے نظر دیکھو جدر اور میرے تن میں بجائے آب و گل درد دل ہو درد دل ہو درد دل نفس و شیطان دونوں نے مل کر ہائی کیا ہے مجھ کو تباہ اے میرے مولا میری مدد کر چاہتا ہوں میں تیری پناہ مجھ سا خلق میں کوئی نہیں گو بد کردار ناماسیاں تو بھی مگر غفار ہے یا رب بخش دے میرے سارے گناہ اب تو رہے بس تادا میں آخر ورد زبائے میرے الہ لا الہ الا اللہ 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 محمد الرسول اللہ صلی اللہ تبارک و تعالی علیہ وسلم اللہ اللہ جل جلاله عمن والوہ اللہ 
Allahul Alamin, save us from all the trials and tests, Ya Allah. Allah, remove the pandemics and viruses, Ya Allah. Allahul Alamin, Allah, grant afiyat to one and all, Ya Allah. Grant complete shifa and afiyat, Ya Allah. Allahul Alamin, those are any kind of difficulties and hardships, remove it with afiyat, Ya Allah. Those are financial problems, remove it with afiyat, Ya Allah. Grant barakat in each one's risk, Ya Allah. Grant halal and tayyib risk, Ya Allah. Save us from every drop and grain of haram and doubtful things, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, those who are in debt, make their debt get paid easily, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, and all those who have passed away, make their complete maghfirat, Ya Allah. Raise their stages in the akhirat, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, at the time of our death, take us with La ilaha illallah. Muhammadur Rasulullah. Allah, take us on Iman al-Kamil, Ya Allah. Take us on Tawbat al-Nasuh, Ya Allah. Take us on perfect and complete Iman, Ya Allah. Allah, make our qabr gardens of Jannah, Fas, Ya Allah. Allah, grant us a shafaat of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Allah give us jannatul firdaus without any reckoning, Ya Allah. Ilahul alameen, Ya Allah. And all those who ask us to make dua for them, always raise their hands as dua, Ya Allah. And you know of each one's needs and cries, Ya Allah. Fulfill each one's jayas needs from the ghayb, Ya Allah. Fulfill each one's pious aspirations, Ya Allah. Remove each one's difficulties and hardships, Ya Allah. Grant each one's heart sukoon and itminan, Ya Allah. Ilahul alameen, Ya Allah. Allah, you bless us and bless the entire ummah, Ya Allah. Allah, save us from the entire ummah from every kind of destruction, Ya Allah. Allah, grant majat and salvation to one and all, Ya Allah. Ilahul alameen, Ya Allah, grant us the tawfiq of adhering, Ya Allah, to the Qur'an Sharif, Ya Allah, to the Mubarak Sunnah of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ilahul alameen, save us from following the footsteps of nafs and shaitan, Ya Allah. Allahumma inna nas'aluka min khayri ma sa'alaka min hunabiyuka wa habibuka sayyiduna Muhammad, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم ربنا تقبل منا إنك أنت السميع العليم وتب علينا يا مولانا إنك أنت التواب الرحيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحابه أجمعين والحمد لله